Today on the Lancaster Patriot Podcast, we will be discussing the return of the Pennsylvania House Representatives to Harrisburg. My name is Chris Hume. I'm the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot, a newspaper serving Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and beyond. Well, it would appear, folks, that the Pennsylvania House of Representatives is indeed back in business, led now by Democrat Joanna McClinton as the new Speaker of the House. And it would also appear that they have picked up right where they left off last year, proposing endless legislation for every area of your life. Now, according to uh, PACapital.com, up to 5,000 bills and amended bills can be proposed in a single term. And what we have here as we look at the return of the representatives to the PA House is something uh, that the American mind has largely embraced, perhaps unwittingly, and that is that the civil government exists to make laws. Indeed, we take it for granted It's nearly axiomatic that the civil government exists to make laws. What would we do without them? Now, from the biblical worldview, however, uh, the lawmaking authority, as it were, rests in Christ. It rests with Christ as the rightful sovereign of the state. The civil government's duty is then to study Christ's law and apply it. Now, even the pagan Cicero understood this better than the modern apostates occupying seats in Harrisburg. Cicero said, true law, eternal and unchangeable law, will be valid for all nations and for all times. And there will be one master and one rule, that is God, over us all, for he is the author of this law, its promulgator, and its enforcing judge. Again, from the pagan Cicero there, who understands more about law than the modern uh, legislators in Harrisburg who have generations of Christian heritage. In other words... Man does not create good law. He simply discovers it. The Christian scriptures provide for us the clear, direct, special revelation of God that is to be the basis for every action carried out by the civil government. Now, the prophet Micah rebuked the people for keeping the statutes or laws of King Omri rather than the law of God. And his indictment would fall squarely on modern-day America, which keep the laws of man rather than the law of God. Now, John Locke was an Enlightenment philosopher who influenced much of the founding of the United States of America. And in his writing, he granted to the government what he called the supreme power of making law. The supreme power of making law. And that is at the heart of our problem as we look at what's spewing forth from Harrisburg year after year after year. We have a humanistic system built on John Locke rather than Jesus Christ. Instead of voting for godly men to apply the already given law of God found in the Bible, we vote for humanistic men to create new laws to manage every area of life. We vote them in, and now they are free to make whatsoever laws they fancy. That's the M.O., in Harrisburg. But there are a couple problems uh, here with this. Uh, Number one, there is no end to their laws, and interestingly, their laws produce nary a result. Now, the humanistic system built on on the shoulders of Descartes, Locke, and Madison, rather than on the foundation of Moses and Jesus, leads to the state as the savior and the God because, as the saying goes, Nature abhors a vacuum. Remove Christ and his law, and humanistic man and humanistic law will fill the void. 
Thus, as R.J. Rushdoony pointed out, with the Savior removed, humanistic law aims at saving man and remaking society. The biblical approach declares that Christ is the Savior of the world, including the Savior of the state or society or culture. But the humanistic approach to law posits that salvation is an act of the state. And again, in the words of Rush Dooney, it is civil government which regulates, which regenerates man and society and brings man into a paradise on earth. So you remove Christ as Savior, as lawgiver, something must fill that void and it becomes man expressed in civil government that he can save society, he can regenerate man and society via legislation. Rush Dooney again says, as a result, for the humanist, social action is everything. Man must work to pass the right set of laws because his salvation depends on it. Certainly, at least, the societal salvation of these legislators in Harrisburg would argue, without them, what would happen to our society? So, our legislators have enthusiastically embraced the error that slipped past our founding fathers' blind spot of infatuation with Enlightenment thinking. And we are not far behind these representatives when we think that the solution to our problems is simply making more and more new laws instead of returning to the already given law of God in Scripture and applying that law. Again, Ecclesiastes tells us, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of men are fully set to do evil. We need to apply God's law. We need law. It needs to be God's law, not humanistic law. Instead, we say, well, more laws will solve the problem as we disregard the eternal law word of God. So then let's, let's consider simply some of these examples of this reality, the latest examples, uh, from, mainly from the House here. And I want you to note here that the Republicans are essentially cut from the same humanistic cloth as the Democrats. And we need to understand that if we're going to bring about any change, however gradual and slow, that the solution is not to replace humanistic Democratic law with humanistic Republican law. We need to replace any humanistic law with biblical law. So let me give, give a few examples here of recent proposals from these quote-unquote saviors in Harrisburg. Again, they might not call themselves that, but their approach to law is a humanistic approach which replaces the law of Christ with the law of man. You replace the Lord, you replace the Savior. So let's consider a few of these. I have several examples of proposals. All right, this is, this is the people's business that our legislators are back at work in. So the first one is... Uh, from, and this is on LancasterPatriot.com, GOP legislator calls for more government intervention, increased fines for Pennsylvania milk producers. Now this is put forward by Representative Marcy Mostello. This is a Republican representative in the PA House. And she announced that she's going to soon reintroduce legislation to increase penalties in lieu of suspending milk dealer licenses. So, I mean, here we get into all the weeds of government regulation, manipulation, and control, which again... The Republicans often critique the Democrats and say, oh, you, you, that's the party of socialism. You want to control uh, the government. You don't want people to solve their own problems. And yet the Republicans continue to endorse and support a system of government manipulation, regulation, and control. So in this latest example, 
What Rep. Mostello would like to do is take the fine of $150 a day, $150 per day, for a milk dealer or processor who has their license removed by the Milk Marketing Board. Okay, so not only do you have the government in Harrisburg making laws about the milk that you're going to drink and who you buy it from and what they have to do, you have the Milk Marketing Board, um, and the current chair of that board is Robert Barley, who was appointed by Governor Tom Wolf. You have this milk marketing board that is regulating the, mark in, the, the milk industry. And if a milk dealer runs afoul of the milk marketing board, they don't follow their regulations, including selling milk uh, below the minimum pricing. So again, here we have price setting of some sort um, by the government, controlling the, the market, manipulating the market, this is, this is being promoted by Republicans as well as Democrats. And what Rep. Mostella would like to do is instead of finding a milk processor $150 a day for failing to jump through the hoops of the milk marketing board, she wants to increase that fine to $1,000 per day. $1,000 per day for a milk dealer who runs afoul of the milk marketing board. She basically says, you can read the piece on LancasterPatriot.com, she says, well, you know, the $150 a day is too low of a fine. These, these businesses, these milk dealers just consider it a part of doing business. And so we need to raise uh, the fine here. And I want you to understand something about this. It's not that they are overly concerned with the safety of the milk. It's simply that they've run afoul of the milk marketing board's regulations and manipulations because they allow this fee. Okay, if, you're, if your license is removed as a milk dealer, we still want you to be able to provide milk to the consumers. So she says that the, the provision is designed, and this is a quote, to penalize a milk dealer for violations, but at the same time continue the flow of milk from the cow to the consumer. So again, here we have another example. None of this is about justice or righteousness or evil. It's not about an issue of, oh, is there actually poisoning going on with the milk and we need to stop it and there could actually be a criminal case there? No, that's not what this is about. This is about regulating and controlling the economy because the Harrisburg legislators, Republican and Democrats, view themselves as the saviors and lords of the state. And so, again, very blatantly clear here, the issue is not whether or not a milk producer is poisoning the consumer's or advertising falsely, and there's a contract breach that could be dealt with uh, in a private court. What we have here simply is the government saying, uh, we're going to charge you more money for not following our rules, um, but none of this is really about uh, the safety of the consumers, because you can keep selling your milk, but you just need to pay us more money because you haven't followed our rules. So, again, some of the reasons your milk dealer license could be revoked by the state is for selling your milk below minimum pricing or below minimum price bidding. Okay, and this is all at a time when in Pennsylvania and throughout the nation and the world there's concerns about, about food shortages. And we had the Pennsylvania Secretary of Agriculture, Russell Redding, acknowledge, yeah, this could be a reality. He's optimistic. But basically, at the same time as that's going on, we have Republican legislators seeking to tighten the controls of government intervention in the food industry, specifically the milk industry. Pay us more money, uh, milk producer man, if you're not following our rules and regulations. So that's, that's, that's the first and probably one of the most poignant examples of, of, of the government solving our problems with new laws. So again, that's a proposal from Rep. Mostello wants to put forward this law. Well, another one we have here, uh, this is from Democrat Representative Kulik. This is pet custody and divorce cases. Uh, this is a law that would uh, 
allow for divorce proceedings to resolve questions related to pets, okay? Uh, whether the animal was acquired prior to or during the marriage, all these things need to go into, we, we need a law to deal with what happens to your dog if you get a divorce. And actually, this ties in with another story, I don't think I even have it here, that another uh, Democrat representative wants to uh, introduce a law to make divorce even easier in Pennsylvania. Of course, Ronald Reagan signed the first no-fault divorce law uh, bill into law in California in 1969. He later said that was the worst decision of his political career. But now we have legislators who want to continue to con- continually degrade the marriage union and make divorce even easier. And so, of course, now we need a law that deals with pet custody in divorce cases. Again, divorce cases. Again, this is an example of what happens when you abandon biblical law and biblical justice and biblical morality and you put in its place humanistic law. People complain that, oh, the biblical law is oppressive. If you say something like that, you've never considered one biblical law and two humanistic law because humanistic law is oppressive and never-ending. And this is an example of that. We, we, We need a law for every single thing in our life because we have given over Number one, self-government to the state. And number two, we've abandoned biblical law for humanistic law. So we need a law now that deals with dogs and cats in the case of divorce. Number three here, I have another uh, proposal. This one from a Republican again, and this one is dealing with milk again. This is Senator, uh, State Senator. So this is from from the the State Senate, not the State House, but uh, this is State Senator Vogel um, saying that we need a law to... We need to introduce a law that would clarify the language and the definition of milk in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, he says the current law does not expressly define milk as only coming from a dairy cow. Uh, Vogel says the FDA does define milk as coming from a cow. However, recent ruling by the FDA to allow non-dairy-based beverages to continue using the term milk is contradicting their own definition and is an attack on the dairy industry and misleading to consumers. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go into the gro- well, I don't really buy milk from the grocery store. I don't really buy anything from the grocery store. My wife does most of that. But I have bought milk in the past, and I usually buy raw milk. But if I'm going to buy milk, um, I'm not confused by the non-dairy milk substitutes. In fact, uh, it's very clear that those are fake milk, as I like to call them. I mean, they're marketing to people who don't want to drink dairy milk. So why do we need a law to say, well, you need to make, you can't even use the term milk. Again, these are things that could be handled by the private market better, and consumers generally uh, know what they're buying, and if it's labeled these non-dairy milk substitutes, uh, I mean, I joke around about it with my wife and say, this is not cashew milk. Uh, cashews do not produce milk. So I get what Vogel is saying here, but that we need another a law to control uh, what goes on the label of our almond milk cartons? To me, this, this again is an example of the state needing to control everything. Because once you abandon the, the, the proper role of government, this is what you have. There is no end to it. There is literally no end to man's humanistic laws, including a law defining the word milk. Um, another one here, this was from <clears throat> Representative Schusterman, and this is student newspapers, this is also on LancasterPatriot.com, student newspapers should be free from administerial review. We need a law that allows the schools to allow the students to have a final say in student newspapers. So basically her argument is, 
we need free speech. And if the students in a school produce a student newspaper and the administration, the principal or the you know, district administrator comes in, the superintendent, and says, well, you can't publish that. She's saying that's censorship. And so we need a law now in the ostensibly the government-controlled schools to allow students to have a final say in newspaper. Again, there's no end to humanistic law. We already have a system of government schools run by the government, and now we have legislators in Harrisburg saying we need more laws in there um, to, to regulate this. Okay, uh, we have another one here. Uh, a farm cider license. Okay, this is by Representative Joseph Dior- Dorsey. This is a Republican, or Dorsey. I uh, apologize if I say that wrong. So this is from a Republican now, and the idea behind this, if you read his memorandum, is that I want to make things easier for the, the cider businessman, okay, saying he wants to establish a farm cidery license separate from a winery or malt or brewed beverage licenses. He says these other licenses would not go away under this bill. It would simply create a distinct cidery license, which will clarify and streamline the process for this emerging Pennsylvania industry. This bill is about clearing a way for fruit farmers to produce and sell their cider products, which is unique to Pennsylvania. Now, Mr. Diorsi, if you were really concerned about clearing the way for fruit farmers to produce their cider products, you would not be pr- uh, promoting a cider license. You'd be promoting freedom in the market to sell your cider without a license. So again, this is an example from a Republican where it's going to be presented as, well, I, I want less government regulation and the regulation we have with the wine and malt license is too onerous. So I'm going to, I'm going to present a cidery license that's going to be much more easy to jump through the hoops. Again, this is a bait and switch. This is uh, government regulation, manipulation of the market and control by Republicans. We do not need the government issuing licenses to people who want to sell cider. We don't need the government involved in the food industry. Okay, so this is another example of the government controlling every area of life. Um, Next up, we have a trio of Democratic legislators, Democrat legislators, to introduce legislation to incentivize four-day work week. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, Again, uh, this is on LancasterPatriot.com. Another proposal for another law to create another government program to incentivize private businesses to go from a five-day, 40-hour work week to a four-day, 32-hour work week. Why we need the government to be doing that is beyond me. I think private businesses can determine what is best for their employees and the needs of their customers. And if you don't like a five-day, 40-hour work week, then don't take the job. And unfortunately, if we had a biblical society, people who didn't work wouldn't eat. But in our society, uh, with handouts supported by Democrats and Republicans, uh, you know, we have created a culture where people say, I'm not going to work because it doesn't suit my narcissistic needs, and I'm going to get a handout from the state. Two more very briefly here. We have, uh, this is a bipartisan measure um, by uh, Representative Cephas and Representative Ortete calling for a law which would prevent public colleges and universities in Pennsylvania from inquiring about a potential student's criminal history with the exception, exception of certain crimes. Again, this is on the Lancaster Patriot Com. And basically, this is, this is a proposed law, another law to deal with the government, uh, subsidized colleges and universities in the state of Pennsylvania, controlling what those schools ask of potential applicants. And basically, it's saying uh, if, if you ask about a criminal history, it's going to deter people from applying to these universities or colleges. So we need a law 
to prevent that. Another law just to solve another problem. Uh, finally, we have, this is from newly elected House Rep uh, Smith Waydell, and he is calling for the creation of a housing council. Again, it's not enough for the government to do all that it already does in social programs. We need a housing council uh, to deal with the housing problem in America. I'm not even going to get into that right now. So that, that's just, those are just uh, eight or nine examples of current proposals, right? And we're just getting back in business, as it were. There's going to be dozens and dozens and dozens of these because that's all these legislators can do. That's all they know to do. That's what we have allowed them to do. All they do is create more and more and more laws. And the Republicans do the same thing as the Democrats. And yet they, they dupe us into thinking, well, you got to vote for us uh, because we're going to do it much better than them. And we end up having the same thing over and over again, hundreds and hundreds of new laws every year. And it just tightens the grip uh, of the socialistic, humanistic society that we live in. Now, with many other proposals the humanistic lawmakers continue to try to preach good news to the people. Unfortunately, the noose of humanistic law gets tighter and tighter, and the only thing that will cut that Gregorian knot is the sword of the Word of God. But here's the first step. Get your children out of the government school system, because the government school system is culprit number one for indoctrinating our state's children in a number of humanistic myths, including Locke's supreme power myth to make law, that the civil government is authorized and has the supreme power to make whatever law it wants. Teach your children, so get them out of the government school system, teach your children the biblical understanding of civil government, which reveals the current claptrap in Harrisburg for what it is, a false religion attempting to save society by controlling the market and people's lives rather than simply punishing evil. The civil government exists in the words of Scripture from the Apostle Peter to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. The biblical vision of government is one in which the civil magistrates punish evildoers. <clears throat> the humanistic version of government is one in which the civil magistrates regulate and punish non-evil actions. Again, Biblical government punishes evildoers. Humanistic government regulates and even punishes non-evil actions. Again, you're selling your milk to your neighbor, not an evil act. You're not doing it in the way we want you to. We are going to punish you. That is humanistic, oppressive, socialistic government. And may God be pleased to deliver us from it. So choose this day whom you will serve. If Christ and His law is supreme, then serve Him. If humanistic man and his ever-changing man-made law is supreme, then follow him. As for me and my house, we will serve Christ the Lord. Until next time, visit thelancasterpatriot.com for news and more commentary. Subscribe to our print newspaper today. If you have a topic you would like to see addressed on the Lancaster Patriot podcast, send us an email at info at Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.